Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Unchained. So I wanted to talk really quick about some things that have come out uh, in science fiction news. I'm sure that's a magazine <laughs> or a show somewhere, so please don't come after me. Uh, but as we all know, John Williams, the beloved composer for all of the Star Wars movies, has retired. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker was his last movie. And there has been some wondering about who his successor will be to compose and make all the music for the future Star Wars films. Because you know Disney's going to be cranking those suckers out. Well, if you're like me, you're hoping that, that, successor, that his successor will be Kevin Kiner. Now, Kevin Kiner has a very lengthy and impressive filmography resume. Uh, he's done things like Land of the Lost, the 1993 Leprechaun movie, uh, the two Black Scorpion movies, all of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and a couple of Star Trek properties. Uh, he also composed uh, Narcos Mexico two years ago. Now, this guy has done some really awesome work. And I think we've all learned from the, uh, the sequel trilogy that one artistic vision handling uh, any aspect of, say, a trilogy or a property is better than multiple, right? Because when you hear John Williams' fanfare, theme, music, everything, you are prepped for Star Wars, right? Your, your mindset just flips a switch and, and you're ready. You're immersed in the universe already. As soon as I hear, I am ready to go. Give me Vader. Give me Obi-Wan. Give me the Emperor. Give me Yoda. I, I'm so ready. Well, Kevin Kiner brings out that, uh, that kind of excitement in me whenever I hear the Clone Wars Season 7 uh, music, especially the Bad Batch theme. Go look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. It's very reminiscent of uh, Vodon, which is a Legends-inspired um, kind of warrior chant song. It's also on YouTube, and it's actually sung in... Mandalorian language. Speaking of clones, Timura Morrison, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, the guy that played Boba Fett. And, well, he, he, he voiced Boba Fett in the redubbing of the original trilogy, uh, but he also played all of the clones in episodes two and three. he is going to be coming back as Boba Fett, right? In the Clone Wars. No, not, sorry, not the Clone Wars, uh, the Mandalorian, which is super exciting because since he's coming back as Boba Fett, not only could he come back as Boba Fett, but he could also come back as any of the clones. Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, 
he could come back as, say, uh, any of the clones that survived past Endor, which I do believe Rex survived. Yeah, Rex survived. Uh, he survived Star Wars Rebels. So, and he he is actually, it's a fan theory, but there's this old white-bearded rebel soldier on the Endor moon, and they kind of make Rex look like him in Rebels. Like, So it's theorized that that little throwaway character is actually Rex fighting with the rebels on Endor. Uh, and it's also... I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not, but I really hope it is that Ahsoka Tano is going to be in the Mandalorian as well. And if she's going to be in it, Boba Fett's going to be in it. I kind of really want Rex to be in it. How cool would that be? And since Boba Fett is coming back, that could open up a whole new can of worms. It, It could, I mean, with the Mandalorian, we did, get to delve a little deeper into um, Mando culture and history. And it's really refreshing to see it in live action rather than just uh, the cartoons. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved Clone Wars. Did not like Rebels at all, but I loved Clone Wars. Um, and it's really refreshing to see because I can take other people and show them um, the Mando culture and everything without having to result to books or cartoons. I can say, hey, look at this live action thing. And they're like, wow, this is really cool. They have flamethrowers and jetpacks. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots of possibility right there. Something that I really am looking forward to Uh, jumping out of Star Wars really quickly, is Lovecraft Country. It's a TV series. It's going to be a drama horror series uh, on HBO. It's set to premiere in August. And I am super excited. Lovecraftian mythos is one of my favorite mythos. Mythoses? It's going to have, as executive executive producers Jordan Peele, Misha Green, J.J. Abrams, and Ben Stevenson. Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams are the, are the ones that really, really surprised me. But Misha Green, um, she's known for uh, being the creator and executive producer of the historical drama Underground, and Ben Stevenson is a television exec um, for the BBC. Uh, he's currently head of television at Bad Robots Production, which is J.J. Abrams' company. So that's something to really look forward to. Uh, all of the, well, at least the first um, episode is is being... Uh, is being talked about by a cast and uh, people involved with the project. But we've never really had... We've had some direct-to-TV movies, like the, the Dagon movie. Um, 
I think we've had a Dunwich horror movie. I don't think it was directly pulled from the Dunwich horror story. We've never really had a, a big, and this is an old universe, right? Uh, Lovecraft was around in what the thirties, the twenties. He's an old, this is an old universe that's inspired a lot. I'm surprised we haven't seen a show like this before. So it's really refreshing to get now. Especially because HBO's kind of bankrupt on shows right now. Like I, I, I got rid of my subscription after Game of Thrones and Ballers was done. And they didn't really have anything else for me. I could, I'm, I, I was done. I was finished. So this is something that will definitely get me to resubscribe, at least for a little bit, until they get something, something else. So there's two um, DC animated features I want to bring up also. Superman Red Sun and Superman Man of Tomorrow. They're both direct-to-videos um, films produced by Warner Brothers, and I've said it a million times, I'll say it again, this is where DC thrives, is their animated series, their animated movies. They do so well, so well. And uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow is going to have people like Darren Chris. super excited about that. Zachary Quinto is Lex Luthor, but Darren Chris is going to be playing Superman. Uh, they're going to have other pretty well-known actors and voice actors like Ike Amati, uh, Alexandra Daddario, Ryan Hurst, Brett Dalton, Neil Flynn, uh, Bellamy Young. This, this movie has weight in, in terms of the casting. And it's uh, I, I've seen a preview for it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I'm really hoping that, uh, that it's, it's as good as everything else. Now, the, the music that's composed for these movies, it's typically people that work with uh, Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment. Um, they're... They're another um, set of composers that you can really tell. Uh, you can tell apart from from others, like the the one that they got for Man of Tomorrow, uh, Kevin Ripel, R I E P L. I, I think it's Ripel. Uh, he's done quite a bit for not just. TV and film, but he's he's done a ton of video game stuff. Uh, I mean, he's done Gears of War. He's been he's done Battleboard, Rocket League, Toy Soldiers, War Chest. He, his film, he, he he did Sky High in 2005. <laughs> like he's he's been around for a long time. He did Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I loved that movie. I thought I it was going to be garbage, but again. That's where DC thrives, is their animated features. Um, and Kevin Reipel's also done Invader Zim, 
Jalen Showdown, Brandy and Mr. Whiskers, Johnny Test, Justice League Action, which was eh, so-so. But this guy is somebody that I am very excited to hear come back and compose for Superman Man of Tomorrow. Now, Superman Red Sun, I think, premiered somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, and I've been keeping my eye out for it. I'll have to check again. I haven't checked in the past two weeks um, if it's out on any of the services that I use to watch things. But, uh, yeah, I encourage you all to do the same. Go look up Superman Red Sun. Superman Red Sun is Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I think it's all of the big Justice League characters, if they were in Soviet Russia instead of America. So I think instead of the S, Superman has a sickle and hammer. <laughs> and, uh, and Batman has like that, a, like the woolly Soviet soldier hat in the, in the coat and vest and everything. And he has like a red star. I think Wonder Woman has the red stars too. It's really interesting. I spoil out, spoiler alert, but I also haven't seen the movie, but still spoiler alert. I think Superman even goes so far as to kill Joseph Stalin. So for that reason alone, I really want to see this movie. Um, so yeah, th this is my, my plug for DC, uh, but I'll plug DC all day, every day for the animated films and, uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, um, and I will tear down their movies all day, every day, also. Shazam was serviceable. It was funny, but yeah, they underutilized Mark Strong so much, like to the umpteenth degree. It made me so mad. He's one of my favorite villain actors. He's so stinking cool, right? I mean, everything from... Uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. He he made the first Sherlock Holmes movie incredibly entertaining to me. I, I loved to hate him in that movie. He was really stinking cool. Um, Wonder Woman. It felt like such a retread of Captain America. Unfortunately, it it super did. It had a lot of distinctions, sure. It had variations, of course. But you got two super-powered people with shields, and they're going into a world war with a band of misfit soldiers. Like, come on, dude. And they didn't even get... The Justice League movie, right? Cyborg wasn't supposed to be there. He's off with the Teen Titans before he joins the League. He doesn't join the League for years. And where is Green Lantern? Where is Martian Manhunter? Their first movie was supposed to be against Darkseid, not Steppenwolf. He wasn't that important. He wasn't... I don't, I don't know. I've. I don't want to rant and rave too much. I will a little. 
but not too much. Uh, Aquaman. I liked Aquaman well enough. Um, aside from the fact that they changed everything about his backstory. And by the time he joins the league, he's already king of Atlantis. Orm doesn't stage a coup against him until after. As a matter of fact, if I'm remembering it correctly, it, he, he stages the coup as the league approaches him for him to join them. They approach him for some reason. I, I can't remember. I can't really remember if that was it. But he was never this loner. I I reject my heritage kind of thing. I don't want to be a part of it. No, absolutely not. He he was already king of Atlantis, and he was proud. He was a proud warrior king. He was really cool. And you took that away from me, stinking DC. Stop trying to be Marvel. Stop it. It's a terrible, terrible strategy. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't want to rant and rave too much. So that's all for right now, guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all. Thank you.